men. These first five verses have to do with our Lord, who he is, what he is, and what he does. But picking up on the sixth verse, we're going to be informed of the conditions that will exist during the thousand-year reign of Christ, what we refer to as our Lord's millennial reign. Let's pick it up in the sixth verse. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And in the spirit of this, you might want to say, and the Democrats and Republicans shall meet together without killing each other. Verse 7. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child, I mean child that hadn't been weaned, the nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. Wow. Something has happened to the way things are for this to be a reality. I don't want nothing to do with no snake. But during the millennial reign, children can use him as playthings, run them through their fingers. I'm talking about deadly venomous snakes, poisonous snakes. Of course, every snake's a deadly snake, though, Brother Andy. But anyhow, in the millennial reign, children will play with them, and no one will be hurt. Listen to verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, listen, and his resting place shall be glorious. Amen. Now, to get a good understanding of where I want to take us uh, today, we need to look at this from a chronological perspective. The next great event that's going to take place on God's calendar is the resurrection slash rapture. Now, most of the time, those of us in Pentecostal evangelical uh, you know, circles, we just talk about the rapture because we're all alive. And there ain't nobody dead among us talk about the resurrection, so we don't dwell on the resurrection. Well, that has to do with dead people. We're all alive, so we just dwell on the rapture. Amen. And, uh, and I've engaged folks before. Well, the word rapture is not even in the Bible. And years ago, I said, Lord, the word rapture is not even in the Bible. He says, son, because the word resurrection is in the Bible. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We will not precede them which are asleep or which have died in Christ. But they shall rise first, and then the living church shall be caught up together in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now that is our hope. That is our hope, and that is our goal. Well, Brother Andy, how do, how do I get included in that number? Make sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. How do I get that to take place? You believe in Jesus Christ with your whole heart. Amen. Now, immediately following this moment in the twinkling of an eye, there will be the revelation of that person the Bible describes as Antichrist, and this world will enter into what we call the tribulation period, which is uh, divided into halves. You have tribulation the first three and a half years, have great tribulation the last three and a half years. Now, folks are going to be saying, and I've, I've shared this, and I've upset some folks, and I hope I don't, I don't mean to upset people on purpose, 
but I have a responsibility to God and to you. You need to be ready for that great day now. I've heard folks over the year, Pentecostal, I mean, good people, try to give their kids some kind of tribulation survival kit. That ain't going to happen. If you have been given a presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, anointed by the Holy Spirit, you better read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 one more time. Because the word is very clear. If you have been given opportunity on this side of the resurrection and you reject it, ain't no hope for you during that tribulation period. God himself shall send a delusion, amen, and people will believe it and they'll be condemned or damned because of it. What are you saying, Brother Andy? You need to get yourself right today, keep yourself right, amen, and be ready when that trumpet sounds. Well, Brother Andy, I read, you know, in the book of Revelation, there are going to be millions of people going to be saved during the tribulation period. Just ain't nobody in this house. That has been given to those in what we call the 1040 window who have never heard the name of Jesus even once. Now, if Dixie can go to places in India where they've never seen a white person even once, and I thought she was just an outstanding ambassador for white people everywhere, praise God. I ain't ever seen, you know, they touch her, are you an angel, and all this other good stuff. There are people, because we live in a country where there's a church on every corner, you know, we can't conceive of the fact that anywhere on this planet where, where there are people who live who've never heard the name of Jesus, there are millions, millions and millions of people living on this earth right now who have never heard the name of Jesus even once. During that tribulation period, they will be given an opportunity to accept and believe in the Lord. However, there is this caveat. Every person who is saved during that tribulation period will, without exception, give their life. Now, years ago, studying this, you know, my imagination, I would think, well, the Antichrist has probably got these like miniature guillotines set up and you know, they just lay people over and, you know, it'd be real clean and easy, chomp, or somebody with a big old axe like they did in the dark ages, the medieval ages, or uh, somebody with a sword like how they did uh, the Apostle Paul. But then come to find out here lately, that ain't how they're going to do it. Because these Muslims don't chomp your head off clean. They saw it off with a knife. I watched the video. I wish I hadn't, but I did. They saw it off with it. It's not no clean chump and then your head's gone. It is a brutal ordeal. It is a bloody horror. But that's how they do it. There's a lot of connections between the Muslim religion and what's going to take place with the Antichrist. And I don't have time to go into all that uh, today. Brother Byron Henderson is very well versed in it. Does an outstanding job sharing that with folks. But my point is that there is going to be that tribulation period. The last three and a half years will be the great tribulation. At the end of that time, as the armies of the Antichrist are surrounding Jerusalem and the last surviving Jews are there, they look out and they are in an absolutely hopeless position. Hopelessly outnumbered, hopelessly outgunned. There is nothing they can see to give them any spark that somehow we might get out of this. And they begin to cry out, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know what happens when you cry out to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? <laughs> he sends Jesus. 
Woo! You cry out to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is going to send Jesus. Amen. I can prove it from the Old Testament. I can prove it from the New. I mean, you just do it. And when that day comes and they cry out, guess who's coming? Jesus. Hallelujah. On a white horse. No brother W.D. Johnson said, I wasn't much for riding horses, but I'm going to ride one that day. And I'm going to have the best seat in the house. I hope I get to ride close to him. I love old W.D. Johnson. He's been in heaven for a while now. He's just a great guy. I loved him. Still love him. The Lord's going to come back. His foot will touch the Mount of Olives. It's going to cleave it in half. He's going to blow through that eastern gate like it's wet tissue paper. He will enter into the new rebuilt temple, sit down on the throne of his genealogical father David, if you will, and he will rule with a rod of iron for 1,000 years, and we will rule with him on this earth for 1,000 years. But everything will change. The millennial reign is the beginning of the restoration that God is going to perform on the earth. Amen. Now at the end of this tribulation period, the last three and a half years, as I shared with you, there will be those who give their lives for the gospel. Well, we, we, we talk about, well, would I be able to do that? They will. There's going to be a whole lot of differences during that tribulation period. The angels are going to preach the gospel. They'll be flying around, all this other stuff that's taking place. But there will be those who've never heard it once who will hear it, will believe it, listen, and will be martyrs for the faith. Revelation chapter 7, verse number 13. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell with them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. Listen, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You talk about a promise. Because the thing is this, God's never going to owe us nothing, folks. If we give our life for the sake of the gospel, he's never going to owe us. We're always going to be indebted to him. And that is what the future of those folks who will be saved during the tribulation period are going to experience when they get to heaven. Now, I said all that to bring us here. We've all seen the commercials. I'm going to get down here where I can get, because I got my glasses off. I don't see how you look in there, boy. No. We've all seen the commercials. You've seen them. Shriners Hospital for Children. You've seen them commercials? Impressious children. They're in a wheelchair. They're going to be in a wheelchair as long as they're in this world. They're missing hands. They're missing legs. And I applaud every effort that's being made to make these kids' lives any easier whatsoever. But it ain't easy to watch. You see them there, and they talk about, you know, I appreciate that, that I'm here in this place and how these folks, the doctors and nurses, 
are trying to help us, and you see them going through rehab, and the little kid, I'm trying to learn how to walk, and that little kid has, has broke his bones like 200 times or something. I mean, it, it just it's gut-wrenching. And then, you, you know, you watch a little bit of the Andy Griffith show. Oh, come on, like you don't. That's why I come down here, praise God. I'm going to get right with you. Just look at me like you don't watch Andy Griffith. I'll make a believer out of you. Well, you get another commercial after Barney's done something stupid on Andy Griffith and made you laugh. And it's St. Jude Hospital for Kids with Cancer. And the children are there. And they're hooked up to IVs. You know, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're talking and they're, and they're sharing. And it's just gut-wrenching. You go, Lord, you know, please, in somehow, some way, intervene, touch these kids. These, these kids in the, in the other hospital, the Shriners Hospital, the, the St. Jude Hospital. And then we have children who aren't in the hospital, but they're neglected and they're abused. How many of you, every time you see a little old a photograph, they're searching for this child? You get a lump in your throat. Because you got that stinking feeling that all they're going to find is that remains. And there's a brand new one that I, I saw on Facebook just for service. That little baby. Who could harm a baby like that on purpose? What is wrong with that crazy woman they, they, they've got in Idaho? She's got two kids that's almost grown. And, and she won't tell the authorities where those children are. You wonder if they're still alive. I do. But in a country that has more churches per square foot than any other place on the earth, for any child to be abused the way we see it rampant in our society is more than a crying shame. And then you watch a little more Andy Griffith. And Barney does something stupid. He tries to get him and Helen married. They don't want to get married. I always wonder why Andy don't want to marry Helen. I mean, I mean, she's got faces covered. She's pretty. She's smart. She's got a good sense of humor, and she can cook. Home run. And then comes the, the, the commercial tunnels to towers, wounded warriors. And we see adults now, men and women who've come back from Iraq and Afghanistan. And they don't have legs. And they don't have arms. And they're trying to deal with what the rest of their life is going to be in their condition. And I'm going to get a little political on you right here. Because that's just because I'm senior pastor and I can do that. It is a crying, stinking shame that there have to be charitable organizations to take care of our wounded veterans. When we're sending money to foreign nations that hate our guts and would shoot these same people, and we don't, and we have to have a separate non-governmental charitable organization to build custom houses for these guys who come back because they don't have legs and they don't have arms, and we're sending money overseas. If old brother, Andy, you don't want brother Andy to be president because you think Trump's. Amen. They they may mess with me yet. I think, you know, and this ain't going to cost you nothing. The federal government, 
if, if you go overseas and you die in the service of this country, the federal government should make sure that your family has a mortgage-free house and that your children go to college and don't pay a cent for it. If you come back wounded, the federal government should build you a house, custom house, so you can get around and do what you need to do and, and, and restore as much uh, uh, in dignity and integrity to your life as is possible. And that's old Brother Andy's mini political commercial for this morning. Sending billions and billions of dollars. You know, and I'm not knocking folks you know, that might need help overseas. What I'm saying is that we got folks that need help right here. Amen. And should be helped. But we see those guys, especially that Tunnels to Tower commercial, man. It just it grabs me. You see, those men went over in good faith to fight the fight over there so we don't have to fight it here. That's what that's all about. And when they come back, we should give them carte blanche. Amen. It's just right. But we see all this, and it reminds us that we are in a sin-cursed world that is unfair, that's not right, and it's not. There ain't nothing in that world right. This world has been cursed since Adam and Eve disobeyed God in that garden, and it's still cursed today. Amen. Now, here's another little something that, you know, some of you may not have you gave you offering before I said this. But, honey, it's time to put our big boy and big girl clothes on and just deal with the fact that that's how it is. That's how it is. You're going to have to deal with living in an unfair world. You're going to have to deal with, with living in, in a place where bad things happen to good people. Just You're going to have to deal with it. How do I deal with that, Brother Andy? Well, I'll tell you, the altar is the best place I can think of. Amen. But it's going to happen anyway. If I could stop any child from needing the services of the Shriners Hospital, I'd do it. If I could stop children from getting cancer, I'd do it. If I could stop anybody from getting cancer, I'd do it. Amen. If I could somehow pray for these guys coming back and they'd grow new legs and new arms or whatever, beloved, I'd do it. But I can't. And it's wrong. And it's frustrating to us. And then on top of that, we're living in a country where half the people have lost their natural mind. I don't eat eggs. They're baby chickens. But I support a woman's right to murder her unborn child. You know, cut me some slack, folks. Give me a break. When we see all that, you know, the turmoil and the strife and the honey. And then this coronavirus thing on top of that. It all started because somebody in, in China ate a snake. That's what I was told. And now we're all flipping out. You know about that? We have hand sanitizer in the back, but don't go to Walmart looking for none because there ain't none there. Brother Raymond went this morning. He come back and said, man, there ain't no hand sanitizer at Walmart. Who went and got that? Somebody went. You went to the ministry center and got it, didn't you? Hey, Sister Grogan, y'all, don't shake hands with her. You're on the way out, but. Just give her a wave. Thank you, sis. We can't shake hands with each other anymore, and you know, wearing a mask and all this other stuff. And my bottom line is that people living in fear. Fear has gripped us. Uncertainty has gripped us. Anxiety has gripped us. And the pharmaceutical companies are getting stinking rich, giving folks pills because they can't deal with the way the world is. But we have the promise 
of the Word of God. Amen. Can I share something with you that's going to do you an inestimable amount of good before we leave this house today? Now, the Spirit of God's already gave out a message in tongues and the interpretation that has to do with this. But let's listen to what the Word of God has to say. I've already read part of it in our call to worship. Revelation chapter 21, verse number 1, John speaking. Now, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of, <coughs> excuse me, Lysanaprel. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Now that ought to be good enough, but he don't stop there. Verse 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. I'd watch those commercials and I'd just, you know, it'd put me in a knot. And then the Spirit of God began to remind me, Son, it's not always going to be like this. I'm going to make it all right. Praise God. Did you know that when Jesus died on that cross, he bought every child under the age of accountability that would ever draw breath? What happens to these little ones that don't make it, who pass away for one reason or another? I'm talking, you know, our, our, our little ones who have not yet reached that level of maturity, what the Bible refers to as the age of accountability. Jesus bought them. Here's the good news. The ones that don't have any legs, when they get to heaven, they're going to have legs. Those that don't have any hands, when they get to heaven, they're going to have hands. Praise God. Those that are eat up with disease, when they get to heaven, they're going to be well. Those that are suffering in pain and torment, when they get to heaven, they will never feel another pain ever for all eternity because Jesus Christ shed his blood on that cross and bought them on that great day. There is going to be a restoration of all things. He will make all things right. Praise God. We can say, it ain't fair. You be telling the truth. It's not fair. It ain't right. It's not right. But he's going to make it right. <laughs> he's going to make it right. You know, I, I, I haven't, I've tried to use my imagination. God hasn't given me a vision. But I've tried to use my imagination about what that day is going to be like. When we are reunited with loved ones that we've been separated from by death. And then when death is conquered, we are reunited with them in that new Jerusalem. Utah, and the Lord is going to oversee all that. 
It's going to be loud. For folks who don't particularly care for loud church, I got news for you. You think this is loud. You ain't heard loud yet. John said, it was as a voice of mighty thunderings. It was as a voice of, of thundering waters. You know, it, it, what he's saying is that it was loud, children. Anybody got anybody in heaven you want to see again? Anybody? Got anybody in heaven? You know where they are. But you look forward to that day when you'll be reunited with them. Amen. My mama spent five years in the nursing home, and she finally passed away. And the Holy Ghost gave out a message in tongues. She'd been gone about five minutes. I've been looking around for the angel. People say, Brother Andy, you crazy. I ain't crazy. The angel of the Lord came, got my mama, and took her to heaven. You believe that? Sure as I'm standing up. The Holy Ghost confirmed it. <laughs> Ask anybody that was there. He sure did. Those last years were rough. She was emaciated, Alzheimer's, dementia, that whole deal. It was rough to see someone you love so much in such bad shape. Then you can flip that because when I see her again, she ain't going to be in bad shape. She's going to be in great shape. Amen. She has suffered not one heartache. She hasn't suffered one pain. She has not suffered one disappointment. She has not suffered one depression. She has not suffered one discouragement. It has all been joy. And the Lord is going to make all things right. I, John, saw that city come down, the new Jerusalem. It was adorned like a bride for bridegroom. It was a beautiful, and the book of Revelation gives us an understanding of just how beautiful that city is. Amen. That we're going to inhabit. That we're going to populate. That we're, I mean, I don't want to get into all the, the technicalities about the eternal kingdom because we'd be here all day. But let me just tell you this. You don't want to miss it. How do I get through this world, Brother Andy, with all of its disappointment, with all of its sorrow, with all of its heartache? Trust in Jesus. And as the Spirit of God has instructed us, Search the scriptures for yourself. Read for yourself. Embrace for yourself the promises of the Word of God. There is a day coming when He is going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. Praise God. Verse 6, And He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable murders, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And I didn't get into any of that. Because the Lord wants to encourage us this morning that a great restoration is on its way. Things are not going to remain the way they are. He's going to change it because he loves us. He is going to restore us to that pre-fallen state of Adam and Eve. 
Adam and Eve had it good in the Garden of Eden. You talk about good. They didn't work no cotton mill in the Garden of Eden. They had it easy in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord is going to recreate that for us. He is going to restore. He is going to make all things right. He's going to take sin and put it in the lake of fire. And we'll never have to deal with it again. We'll never have to wrestle with these bodies that have been affected by sin. Amen. We'll never have to wrestle with the flesh anymore. All that stress will be gone. And we'll be reunited, not only in the presence of God, but in the presence of our loved ones. Isn't that going to be great? Praise God. I mean, you just think about it for a second. What it's going to, when you're reunited with that loved one, it, it, should, it should motivate us what? to worship him even more. It should motivate us to praise him even stronger. Amen. I mean, I, I, what I'm talking about is not Brother Dan having to, to beg or, or whatever, or Brother Greg with, with a choir or anything like that. We ought to come to this house with our minds made up. I have come to worship the one who has given me exceedingly great and precious promises in which I depend. He has given me a future. <coughs> he has given me a holy hope, a surety. That hope in the New Testament is is is, is not a, an, an issue that hangs in the balance. It's an absolute surety. I have hope. I know who Jesus is. I tell you flat-footed. I believe his word. He's going to prepare a place for old Andy. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. He said, sure, if I've done that, I'll come back, snatch you off this rotten place. So that where I am there, you may be also. To live forever in the presence of God in a perfect environment. There'll be no need of the sun because the Lamb is the light. Amen. Our imaginations cannot go to where the Lord is going to take us. Can I, say, can I say that one more time? Because that didn't come out of my brain. <laughs> Our imaginations cannot go to where the Lord is is going to take us. Therefore, we worship him. We obey him. We submit ourselves to him. For we are bought with a price, and we are not our own. Ooh, Brother Andy, but that's the best place that you can occupy. Hallelujah. Stand your feet all over the house. He's through with me.